They're our extended Bay Area family. Um, we, uh, we extended that invitation to them because they actually drove all the way up here for the Angels and Miracles conference that's going on right now. And uh, just for the conference, they drove up here. It wasn't like they were doing it on, you know, on the way to somewhere. Um, so we just want to bless and honor you again. Thank you for coming all the way up here. A um, couple of just practical things is, is uh, I hope, I hope uh, the lunch thing all worked out. We just decided to do it slightly differently. seems like every time we do it slightly differently, just to keep you, you know, a little bit off balance, I guess. I don't know. But I hope it worked out. If there were any difficulties back there, it was probably due to me because all the emails, all your all emails came back to me, and I had to send it to them. So if I missed one here and there, it was probably my fault. So uh, forgive me if, if you got, felt like you got left out somehow. But the idea was that those who wanted to buy lunches, you know, a $5 lunch for later to stick around together, to eat together, we wanted to provide that. And um, I don't know if there's any leftover or not for those of you who didn't reserve one ahead of time. But um, the plan today is we're going to spend, um, well, the worship was very much planned because in my opinion, that's, that's the uh, main course. Everything else is dessert from there, you know, uh, or whatever. Use another analogy, but you get it. Um, we're going ha- to have time in, in just a moment for some testimonies because I want to hear some of the stories of what's going on. So think about it, uh, you know, ways in which you can give Jesus the glory of, of ways in which the kingdom is impacting the earth here. But I also want you to think in terms of like 30-second sound, you know, bites. Um, because, here's why, because we could have, in the amount of time we have to do this, we could have a couple of you share for a long time or we could have a bunch of you share for a short time. And I'd rather have the latter because that's kind of the point is we want to we want to see popcorn what's happening all over the bay because it's super encouraging every time we get together it's majorly encouraging to know that God is on the move sometimes we get isolated and we think nothing's happening nothing's happening that's just not true kingdom is exploding and I think you all know that but you need to hear it so we're going to do that in a minute and then at some point um uh, we're going to turn it over to um, Bill and Carol Dew and Gary Oates. Unfortunately, Kathy was not able to be with us um, this time. Uh, just She just needed some R&R and some refilling time, which is actually really smart. For all of you, when you need that, you just do it. Because we're in it for the long haul, aren't we? And, and uh, so sometimes when we go too hard, too fast, we just, there's times where the Lord says, pull back. And you got to listen to that. And so by God's grace. Kathy listened to that. That's why she's not here. Uh, but they will, they will spend some time with us. I believe we'll get to some Q&A with them as well. I've kind of, the two things I really asked them to do, I mean, they could do whatever they want, however the Holy Spirit leads, but I kind of asked them to also share encouragement of what they're seeing around the bay, and I'm, not, I'm sorry, around the, the nation and around the world, so that you get super encouraged that this thing is really popping all over the earth. Um, and then the second thing is, is just to encourage you, uh, because they are here for an Angels and Miracles conference, you probably figured out we're talking a lot about the supernatural, and, and God is showing up in more and more supernatural ways. Well, what does that mean for you as leaders? How do you, how do you shepherd that? And I was hoping they could give us some wisdom and just kind of talk that through, and maybe some of that will come out in the Q&A time. Um, and then after that, so that, that's going to take us to one, which is a, a long time, I, I understand, um, Anytime you need to, you know, bathrooms are that way. You're welcome to get up. And, and I think at some point, I apologize for the coffee thing. It seems like every year, whatever building we're at, the breakers go whenever we try to do two coffee pots at once. I don't get it, but it happened again. 
So if you are like dying because you didn't get your coffee yet, you can at some point figure out if they, I think they're getting that figured out. But really important for you to know, you can't bring it in here. Some of the places we've been at, you can bring food and coffee here, you can't, and we just need to honor the house here. So if you need that, just, you know, do it out there. You can actually, since the door's open, you could drink it right outside of the doors there and listen to what's going on. Oh, and there's a speaker out there. Oh, good. Hello, all y'all in the lobby. Okay. Um, <laughs> I wish we had the time um, to introduce all of you. When we were smaller, when we first gathered, the first couple times we did that, there was like 30 of us in a room, and we went around, and it was really uh, quite special to hear about everybody's ministries and what's going on. We just don't have that luxury anymore because of size and especially today because of the time. But, I, but again, I'm super honored that you all came, and I, I love that there's an ongoing friendship with uh, so many of you. It's, it's really important to me and to, um, to all of you, I guess. Otherwise, you wouldn't be here, right? Um, I f forgot to finish off saying, so 1 o'clock is lunch, 1 to 2. Uh, the reason why we try to encourage you to stay for lunch is just because that's when some of those side conversations start happening. You know, it, otherwise, you don't really get to know each other a whole lot. So at lunchtime, I want to encourage you, if you came as a group of two or six or whatever, try to split up. I understand if husbands and wives want to stay together, I, I get that. But still, rather than just having a lunch between yourselves, you know, pick another couple. That's the, kind of the whole point of the lunch is find some people and cross-pollinate and all that good stuff, okay? At 2 o'clock, you're all invited back to the conference. Who's speaking this afternoon? Do you know yet? All three of them. All three of them are speaking and you're just going to get more. So if you can stick around, I know some of you can't, but if you could stick around, it's going to be right back here at 2, uh, 2 until 4. And they'll, oh, and with impartation. Come on. Who wouldn't want to be here for that? I don't know. In case, in case you don't know, because Gary shared his story before, um, Gary's had, uh, uh, you know, an amazing experiences with the Lord, as we all have, but his experiences have taken him up to heaven and back a few times into the throne room, and um, I'd want that impartation if, if I were you. Bill and Carol have amazing, uh, all of them, you know, just uh, amazing gift for healing, and um, as you're going back to your places, we just want to, that's the whole point of this too, is we want to just pour in, pour in, so you got more to give away. That's, uh, that's the way the kingdom expands. So that's back here at 2 o'clock until 4. If, you, if you're in it for, for the day, then go out to lunch, I mean, go out to dinner, um, somewhere in Livermore, and then come back for the evening, 6 o'clock. We're just going to have a, a, a raging, ripping party here tonight. A um, lot of worship. These guys will get back up and speak one more time, and um, Blazing Fire is a pretty wild place. Um, so I just, I, what I, I, I just want to encourage you, if you're wanting that, if you're wanting more feeling, then I'm just letting you know your options for the day. So enough talking about that. Um, I, I, will, I will just say um, that, that it's my heart right now, again, that all of you are massively, massively encouraged with what God's doing. So I'm asking, Holy Spirit, I'm asking that you would lead this time right now because this could go in a thousand different directions, but we want it to go in the one that's going to be the most uh, glorifying to you, the most encouraging to us uh, of the things that are in our hearts to share. Would you just kind of pick them for us and even put them in the right order? I've seen you do it so many times, and we're inviting you to do it right now in Jesus' name. So at this point, I'm going to open it up, 
And again, ask you to give just short, you know, sound clips. But also, don't be shy. I want, I want to hear from a bunch of you. So what is God doing that you can give him the glory for that around the bay? Well, we moved from Las Vegas to Oakdale, California. My name is Brian, Pastor Brian and Pastor Sherry. We're a team. Shaka. <laughs> I love it. Anyway, uh, it's about provision and uh, because we're living in that time where God needs to provide for us. So, uh, We moved up to Oakdale five months ago and six months ago. And uh, we were going to register our car at the registration department and changing over from Las Vegas to California. And uh, we got done registering, and then we were going to go get a smog test. And God has called us to live without working, which we've never done before. And so uh, we didn't have much of money at all. So God moved us at a time when we didn't have anything in the bank. So... So real quick, real quick is we went to go get a smog test, and we were going to get a smog, but it cost a lot of money, so we said, nah, we'll take them back. So we went to go to a restaurant in town, which we know, and uh, had something to eat there, and a guy walks in that we know from that area, and he comes in and he says, I've been looking for you. I have some money for you. <laughs> well, how that worked out was like we, we didn't go for the smog test, so God set that up. And then uh, this guy was held up for about an hour, waiting for his money, and then we were at the perfect time, perfect place. And this is like many, many, many times this is happening where God is providing for us. So, amen. Awesome. Awesome. Provision for all of you. I'm Ron Paulson from New Beginnings in Sunnyvale. Uh, about four weeks ago, we're in a meeting and one of our team testified that about 15 years ago, uh, you know, they used to wear glasses and got prayed for and got totally, vision totally corrected, so he's never worn glasses again. And there was a gal in the meeting, another one that's attending our church now, and she said, I really want that. You know, I've been praying about that. So he prayed for her. And last week, about a week and a half ago, her eyes were getting worse. And it was blurry when she was on the computer, it was hurting, and when she was driving, it was slightly blurry, and so she's really concerned about her eyes. She went to the eye doctor and did a thorough examination, and he said, the reason that your eyes are blurry is you have 20-20 vision. You don't need your contacts anymore. And she had been wearing them for 20 years, so this is a major change. And then last Sunday in church, of course, Morris then prayed for a lot of people. He prayed for me too, but I'm still wearing glasses. But a young lady, Kara, uh, was driving home then uh, from a conference over in Santa Cruz with my son Mark and other people. And she was doing this in the back seat, you know, looking out and then putting her glasses on, looking out, her mouth wide open. And, and the gal next to her said, what's going on? says, I can, I can see perfectly without my glasses, and they're blurry when my glasses are on. And uh, I, so both these gals, I mean, and it's continuing on. I mean, it wasn't, wasn't uh, you know, their imaginations. So they've been corrected. So that's exciting in our church. Awesome, awesome. 
And Ron, Ron is the pastor of uh, New Beginnings in Sunnyvale, and that's actually where Gary Oates is going to preach Sunday morning. So um, I realize most of you are tied up Sunday morning, but, uh, but that's where he's going to be, and, and uh, Bill and Carol Dew are actually going to be in Sunset in Livermore, so uh, at 1030 as well. <laughs> we, we've been in an Indian reservation for, right now it's going to be, our, our marriage anniversary, 10 years, nothing was happening, just nothing, nothing, nothing. Uh, churches were dead already, and, and the ones, other ones were dying, and it's like, okay, God. So we just started praying, because uh, we're like, um, the whole gardens and backyards is marijuana and meth. So nothing happening. So just Monday, this last Monday, we had just prayed on Sunday, We've been praying for a long time, but this time we just said, Lord, start now. And so the raids began. It's like, okay, they're cleaning up. The faith came and just right and left. Even the church, I told you the church was kind of dead. I'm not claiming that, but, you know, I mean, the facts are there. So, um, <laughs> so they, they arrived, but I thought, okay, God is answering. So this Tuesday we're going to have the church was like, because that is the source of provision for them. That's where they get income and their families get income. So continue to pray for us. But God started to clean up the place. Make it short. So like my wife said, we're on an Indian reservation over in Mendocino County where they allow them to have the cards to grow marijuana and stuff like that. But we've been praying. You know, that's not God's will. God's will is that we... Uh, you know, just live a life that is going to show the world the light, the salt of the world. We're the salt of the world. So we've been praying and praying and praying, and it's been a battle. But, um, you know, God is faithful. He is faithful. He is so on time. And so the federal government came in, and they told the state of California, we are, we're going to come in, and we're going to take this, the crops and stuff like that. So, you know, this, I, I work at a group home at the same time, and, and uh, uh, one of the guys comes speeding up, and he goes, Julian, hey, you could, they got your brother on the ground at gunpoint, and, and you need to go and help him. And, and I was listening to what he's saying, and, and I looked at him. I said, no, my brother needs Jesus. He needs Jesus. He, I can't help him. There's nothing I can do to help him. He just needs, maybe this is a point in time for him that God is trying to get a hold of him to let him understand that there is no other, no other way in, in, in the world today but to serve Jesus. If he, does, if he wants his lifestyle, then he chooses it. That's, that's, his, that's on him. But he needs Jesus, and so I can't help him. So we're going to pray for them really quick. This is in Round Valley. Uh, Faith Tabernacle is the name of the church. So, Father, we are asking, we are agreeing, we are agreeing with heaven and with the cries of the hearts of those in Round Valley that your spirit will fall more and more and more. We thank you, God, for your good plans. Whoa. Whoa, we just again declare that deposit over you from heaven and declare, God, that your light is going to shine in brighter and brighter glory. Whoa, in Jesus' name, in Jesus' name, thank you, God, for restoration. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen. Wow. Yay. Uh, we don't have a 30 seconds, so I'm going to try to honor what the pastor said. 
Uh, my name is uh, James Woods. I'm with the uh, Homeless Church of San Francisco. Uh, pastor Evan Prosser is my pastor. I've been with him for over 10 years. Uh, we're under the Assemblies of God. Uh, also, Pastor Chuck and Nancy, my wife Carla, and my dear sister Marlene, who's God called. She's uh, going back to India uh, in November, the last of this month. Uh, she was, she's been over there in, uh, in Africa in these places where they had uh, little girls where they were prostitutes and things, and God just called her to go back. The brothel that was right across the streets from the uh, church uh, is closed down now. They, you know, Jesus moved. And uh, he's sending uh, Sister Marlene back where the brothel used to be. It's a church now, so she's going to be in there working with the little girls. Uh, and what I would want to say, and God called us from the streets. Uh, Pastor Chuck here now is up in Gurneyville. Him and his wife have a church up there that God's all us. Now, we came from the streets. I want to show you what God can do in the streets of San Francisco. Uh, he sent me to Argentina when I first, when, in 2003 where I was able to go over there uh, and talk to people there. And so I just want you to know God, uh, he called Pastor Prosser out of a, a, a main church and told him to go back to San Francisco, where he was a hippie years ago, and <laughs> sent him right back where he was. And so now we have over 200 people every Sunday at the Embarcadero uh, Park there. And also, <laughs> and we also have, God has sent me back to where I used to sell drugs and dope and stuff, 16th and Mission. Uh, we have about 40 or 50 people there every week, which we feed. And God's put us right in the thick of things. And uh, we get, I want you to know that when you get a chance today, we would like to just talk to some of the people because we need all of your prayers. So thank you very much, Pastor. I just, I want to brag on Evan for a minute too, um, and April, and just just amazing people, and the fact that they're they are so long term, they're so steady, uh, you know, they're they're at it, and and you know, a, a ministry, all of our ministries can be discouraging at times when we look at the circumstances, and God says, no, don't do that, look at me, and this is a man who looks at Jesus and keeps going, and he's doing an amazing job, so good job, good job. I wasn't going to share, but God told me to, so I'm going to. Uh, Steve McRee, we work with uh, battered homeless women and kids. Um, this past week, I went to a meeting with a, a bunch of guys. I really was worn out. I was out five, six nights in a row, and I uh, didn't want to go, so I went anyway. And, we, and this other gentleman was presenting. Yeah, he has another ministry, and so he presented. Well, after that was over, um, a couple of gentlemen came up to me, and gave me $103,000. You know, we, we, we needed it. And I'm like, well, the guy was about to share, and he said, I gotta go to the bathroom. I said, dude, bad timing. You know, as soon as he left, it's when these guys came to me. He came back. Uh, he was blessed too, but what really blessed my heart, you know, the kingdom thing, he emailed me this week, and I'd already had on my heart to help his ministry, and the ministry God called him to, it's God's. And he emailed me before I could email him and said he and his wife have been praying and they are just really touched and wanted to support the women and kids. So just, it's just awesome to watch the kingdom thing happening. Come on. 
<laughs> you know what? God, God likes it when, we, when we're cheering each other on, you know? Like, because his victory is ours and vice versa. So, uh, and, and uh, we're, we're starting to finally get this, that, that our daddy doesn't have small pockets, you know? All the resources are his. So the more we can celebrate that, it's, it is all coming around. There's, it doesn't matter what the economy is in this, in this world. It, there's plenty of resources in the kingdom, plenty of resources in heaven. Mike and Lisa, come on up. Tell us. Hey, I'm Lisa, and my husband, Michael Norton, from um, M16 Ministries, and I wanted to share what a blessing it was uh, recently. We partnered with some other ministries. Uh, some of it was some from Blazing Fire and uh, Bob Johnson's ministries, and we partnered with Hope for the Harvest, and we went out to Burning Man, which is a pagan festival out in the middle of the Nevada desert, uh, and uh, there was two Christian camps in and our team was 14 people, and, and Susan, how many were in your team? About 40? And so it was just, we were so outnumbered. There were 50,000 pagans there, and we had such an impact for Jesus there. Every person that came into our, our tent was totally blessed, totally encountered the Holy Spirit. Between 20 and 30 people, I think, accepted Jesus Christ as the Lord and Savior. Several people... I prayed for, accepted, uh, uh, was baptized in the Holy Spirit and prayed in tongues. Many were healed. Several had visions. It was just yeah. an amazing time. And I just want to invite all of you all to come yeah. out with us next year at yeah. Burning Man. It was just an incredible trip. I'll do it real quick. Basically, to sum it up, um, what we saw is a huge orphan spirit of 50,000 people. They didn't know their mother or their father, or they hated their mother and father. But the strange part was they loved their grandparents. It was a common theme. Um, and there was a lot of like spirituality where they didn't want Jesus until they got whacked by it and go, what is this? I mean, it superseded their witchcraft, their Reiki, everything. Some people staggered out of our tent. It was so powerful. So um, it's just, we, we invite you. It's, it's a different thinking. You can't judge. Our final night for our dinner, we did have people show up in S&M costumes, but that's the way Jesus would have brought them in, you know, where they're at. You can't judge them. But anyway, that's our... Thank you. That's awesome. Um, Mike and Lisa, where, where, um, your ministry is in what city? Oh, you're Livermore. Okay. Okay. So they have, they have a, uh, deliverance ministry and I mean, they do, you know, deliverance, freedom, kind of inner healing, all kinds of good stuff. So I just want to let you know that too. Oh, okay. Um, I'm Connie Sizek and I brought Mike and Lisa up here because about two years ago, God just turned my life right side up, I could say. And so he has just put on my heart freedom for women and children, that they would just know how much they're loved. And so um, I had been praying for a woman on a couple instances. Her parents had dedicated her to the enemy when she was a child. So there was a lot of stuff that needed to be set free in her. So on a couple occasions, I had prayed, and God had brought more freedom for her. And then I called Mike and Lisa in, and I go, okay, we need to do this together. So one night, we spent three hours with this woman, and total freedom. The next week, she met with her psychiatrist, because it was so bad what she was going through. I just I can't even imagine. And her psychiatrist took her all, all of her meds, all of them. And she said... I hope I never see you again. And a non-Christian psychiatrist said, it's got to be a miracle. That's the only way it could happen. 
All right. Would you? I just want you to pray it. Okay. I'm just gonna. I do this sometimes, so I'll just put you on the spot sometimes. But only because our declarations, heaven's listening in, and and you know, angels are waiting to do stuff, waiting for our declarations. So, so since you have that heart and passion for women, and children, uh, and with Steve right here in the front row, come here, Steve. You too. Come here. We'll have you both. Steve's and Carla's. Carla's not here. His wife, but they uh, oversee uh, Shepherd's Gate in uh, Livermore, also in Brentwood. Uh, um, pastoring women and children. So just you start you in. Let's just let's just pray it over the whole bay here. Lord God, we just thank you so much for your heart. And we thank you that you break our heart for what breaks yours. And so Lord, we just declare over women in this Bay Area freedom from any witchcraft, from any deceit from any self-loathing and self-hatred. And Lord, the women would see themselves as your bride. So Lord, I speak a spirit of freedom and renewal and love over every woman in this Bay Area, Lord God, because you are their king. You are their king. Bring them into their rightful place. Prepare them Prepare them for you in Jesus' name. Father, release your anointing over every person in this place, their families. God, release your anointing for provision like we've never seen, like we've never, ever seen, like we've never seen. That that won't even be a thought in our mind is this, can we afford this? That will never happen. God, that you would pour out the, the women and the kids and Lord, the families, God, the marriages are being torn right now. God, the people even in ministry, we pray protection, deliverance. Lord, for eyes to see, to eyes to see what the enemy's doing, but more eyes to see what you're doing, Father. In the name of Jesus, Lord, let that spirit of anointing for vision come. God, please, precious for Gary and Bill and Kathy and uh, God, just... Oh, let it happen. In Jesus' name, amen. 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 Thank you. Um, my name is Deborah Rugi Annie Tassum, and um, we're from Santa Rosa, and um, I just woke up the other morning, and it was like an audible voice. The Lord said, I am on the move. Yeah. And... Um, we were um, at a church helping with um, teaching people to pray and uh, last weekend, and they watched the 30-year-old video with Francis and Charles Hunter, the happy hunters, and they were praying about healing people's backs. And um, so we, I said, well, let's all pray for each other's backs. And I had forgotten that I had a serious back injury when I was seven. I went to jump off a swim, into a swimming pool and hit the side of the pool on my tailbone, and it compressed my back and caused an extra curve in my back and um, so they just started praying and all of a sudden my neck just went straight and um, three of my discs had um, problems I can't think of the name but um, so it was totally healed and today yes and today is the first day that they're having healing rooms starting in Santa Rosa I was supposed to be on the team today but I came here instead so God is really moving. Um, I, I'm wanting uh, 
for Annie. That's how I know her, Annie. To, um, to, to just pray a blessing over all the healing rooms because that's a whole other river and wave that's, come, that's everywhere. How, who, are, who here in this room is involved in healing rooms? Wow, look at that. Like 20 or 30 of you just started. Yeah, awesome. So just, let's just speak a blessing over that whole move that, God is, that God's touching. Yeah, because I believe that that's what God's going to start doing is healing. First, it'll draw people in. So, Lord, we just come before you, and we just ask that you would just begin to pour out your spirit. My legs are shaking. And that you would just come to these healing rooms, and um, that you would just show up, Lord, that your presence would be so strong that it would draw people to you, Lord, that they could be healed, that the arts and the music and the worship and the... um, all those things that are combined with that, that you would just anoint it. You would pour out your blessing and your anointing and your Holy Spirit on all of the healing rooms, Lord, yes, that Lord. people would just um, just know that you are real, Lord. And we just ask favor, Lord, favor from heaven, that you would open the heavens and that it would shake the earth, Lord, in Jesus' name. Amen. He does want me to shut up. I'm not, I'll be real quick. <laughs> God, get the hook. Um, anyway, uh, one gal that was with us just recently, she'd been cutting herself for 15 years and came and was totally delivered. She'd been 50 days free of cutting, which, you know. But when she got born again and set free, she began immediately prophesying with some of the other women uh, somebody brought a guy from Presbyterian Church up north of here, had an inoperable brain tumor. He is deaf in one ear, pain down the side of his face. He came. He wasn't believing in healing or anything. In fact, he was scared to death to be there, quite honestly. And the ladies just attacked him, prayed for him. And we heard from him a week later, and he was instantaneously healed then. He's <laughs> he had since had it, uh, been back to the doctor and had an MRI, which showed it, and the guy that brought him said, why didn't you say something? He said, because I didn't believe it then, I don't believe it now. So, you know, great faith. We went, God just, it's so beautiful to watch, but he's, he, he wanted to go back and see his brother back east, because he gets to get a last opinion, his brother's a doctor, and it was, uh, he didn't have a reason, so he said, he still wanted us to go see his brother, so he said, well, you know, my arm hurts. So he, like, you know, what? Anyway, but his brain tumor's gone, and the ladies, of course, see this, and they're just praying like mad for one another. They go forth, they're healed. It's just awesome. Come on. Yeah, Bill Irwin. um, Be quiet. (laughs) A lot of the healing rooms folks raised their hands are from the Delta Healing Rooms up in Brentwood. We brought brought them in today. If you need ministry, there you go. we're, uh, I'm Bill Irwin with Oak Tree Ministries. That's our covering ministry. Beth and I, uh, my wife and I, uh, run, and God kind of catapulted us into that about three years ago. Uh, Delta Healing Rooms is part of what we do, and really excited. I, I actually want to share a quick thing, again, a provision and uh, what God's done. About uh, two months ago, we, we 
knew definitely that we were going, going to have to move. And I'm thinking office space, other things. Are we going to be running healing rooms out of our house? We didn't know what was going to go on. We really needed to protect the reputation of a brother. And we sat on that and just sat on, on the news and what we knew for uh, a number of weeks. Uh, God, the, the brother opened up with a, a group of other brothers that he was going to be leaving and other things like that. And, and uh, within, within 28 hours after he opened up, we had four offers of places to move our ministry. Um, and uh, we actually uh, moved last week to uh, a commercial facility in Brentwood, which we're very blessed to have total run of the building, uh, total freedom to do whatever we do. We've put some things up. They, they had a, a sales meeting in there where we've had healing rooms materials up and secular guys sitting back there. And, you guys are really serious about this Christian thing, aren't you? You know, we love it. Just love what's going on. No charge. No charge to our ministry at all. So we're just, we're just excited. So just want to share that. Stay here. Stay here. Okay. Now, I don't know about all you, but Blazing Fire is looking for a church. We're, uh, we're needing a place. And I'm, a building. Yeah, we got a church. That's right. Jesus already built that. Yeah. Um, <laughs> forgot. We need a building. Thank you, Rob. Yeah. Um, so let me just say this. If you're, uh, I mean, this might be half the room or all the room. I don't know. But if you're in a place where you need, like, this miraculous provision, a building, just, you know, a large amount of money for a ministry you're wanting to launch, whatever, stand up. Just stand up. We're just going to believe for this together. Yeah, yeah. Father, we just release grace over the mountain. <laughs> what we see as mountains, God, you just see as level ground, and we just bless you. We release grace, and we say the words grace, grace, grace to the mountain, Lord. Thank you, Lord. Great grace. Lord, wherever there's financial provision that's needed, just pour it out. Open up the floodgates of heaven, Lord. Where there are buildings that are needed, provide them. <laughs> Lord, and I'm, I'm believing that there are businessmen out there that have empty buildings that are going to say, just come, just come, come, Lord. And we just bless. We bless with that now in the name of Jesus, who owns it all. Thank you, Lord. Amen. 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 We agree, we agree, we agree. We agree with heaven. Um, I just want to release a, a word of encouragement. Oh, Michael Dowling, and um, I have the privilege with my wife, Christine, of facilitating a house of prayer in San Francisco. And I just want to give uh, the Lord uh, uh, honor today because we started five years ago. We're celebrating our fifth year. So we lived. <laughs> you know, sometimes you can just say that. We lived. Here we are. Everything's working, you know. All the body parts are still connected. <laughs> People are getting saved, but you know, it's like, wow, look at this. I do have a word, uh, provision. But uh, the word of encouragement is a there's a lot of things that are going on in San Francisco that you just don't know about. But uh, on the National Day of Prayer, San Francisco House of Prayer uh, is a convener uh, for the National Day of Prayer. And uh, we invite pastors uh, and the elders of the city, ministry leaders, prayer leaders to come together. And last May, uh, it, they packed out uh, Promised Land Fellowship. I mean, packed it out. Uh, and this is the core. We're talking about uh, pastors, elders, uh, and their core of, of intercessors in their church. So when you ha it, it, it was significant. 
And as the prayer points were released and people uh, were in their, in their circles praying, because it's a prayer meeting, so everybody that comes is the prayer meeting. It's, it's, it's interactive. So I wanted to let you know that God is doing things in San Francisco. It's under the radar. Uh, they're gathering. Uh, we're going to be gathering every six months, National Day of Prayer, and then citywide prayer, in six, in, which will be October 28th. So I want you to be praying over that because that's, that's really hard to do, to start um, uh, another gathering that doesn't have national recognition, uh, that doesn't have that emphasis. So please be praying for October 28th that there's a stirring up in the hearts and that new leaders emerge and come and gather. But here's the, here's the thing. <laughs> it's, we've been praying for five years for the wall to come down between the Asian community and the Caucasian community. The Latinos have jumped in. They're a major part of the prayer movement in San Francisco. 50% of the participants were, were uh, Asian leaders at the National Day of Prayer in San Francisco. The other, the other word is, is outreach, pray and go. Um, uh, we've needed provision in the go area. Uh, God has given us a place in People's Cafe. People are getting saved every week there. But it's almost, right now, it's been almost all college uh, age females. They're getting saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. As soon as they get saved and filled with the Holy Spirit, we put them on the next team that night to prophesy over people. And the Holy Spirit moves through them. They're having words of encouragement, of exhortation for the next person that signed up. And so they're getting active. But we haven't had women it's been like the guys have been, been, been coming out, and so we, we've been praying. And just recently, a church in Lodi that's been coming into San Francisco and ministering adopted us. And they're coming out, and they're bringing the, their, I mean, the whole cross-generational group. They come in with, with 10 uh, interns. We're teaching them and training them. But it's like, it was like an infusion of courage and provision. So provision that God has provided is people, laborers. So thank you, Jesus. That's awesome. I love you, buddy. Can you those two in the that's the part of the part of the cross pollination stuff isn't just relational. It's also like that sending teams to each other. Like man, the more we can do that and spur each other on, again, the quicker we're gonna get to where we're all going. My name is Eric Birkinus. I'm a plumbing contractor in Santa Rosa. Um, we have a marketplace ministry, um, the Santa Rosa chapter of uh, Christian Businessmen's Connection. Yeah, it's awesome. Um, so I went to India. Um, about five years ago with Randy Clark, and for the first time I saw the power of God move through my own prayers. I saw hundreds of people healed, and I was just jaw-dropped. Um, came back, and for five years I haven't seen anything. So uh, a few months ago I got a call to fix a water heater. Found out the guy was disabled for 11 years from a co-worker who took him out. And uh, so he's been on, on prescription heroin for 11 years. So I told him that I had seen blind eyes open, deaf ears open, the mute spoke, the lame leaped, all through my own prayers. And I said, I was prompted to ask specifically, do you want that healing? He said, oh yeah. I prayed for him, and he was just sitting mellow. And I said, did you feel anything? And he goes, I've got heat on my whole body. <laughs> so he then says, 
I'm going to try it out. And he stands up out of his chair, and he starts to stumble like he's going to fall. And I thought, oh, it must have been nothing, God. And he goes, I haven't done this in years. And I said, what? He said, I'm not using my walker. I'm not using my cane. So he starts stumbling down his driveway. And so I get this phrase as I'm praying for him to renounce very specifically the identity of being disabled. He fell out in the spirit, and he starts rolling around like he's being strangled. He's foaming at the mouth, and he's babbling in this deep, gravelly tongue. So I keep praying, and I coach him to pray it. He can barely get his own words out. And as he finishes praying it, he's just relieved. Then he stands up on his own power, and he realizes what he just did, and he bends over, and he goes, I just touched my toes. Then he starts walking. Every step is faster than the next. He starts going up and down the stairs. I'm not using the railing. He comes out with a tool tote filled with medicine bottles, and he says, what do I do with these now? And then he starts calling people, and he says, my plumber prayed for me, and Jesus healed me. Yeah, more of that. Chuck Haig. I was with Evan Prosser. We were in the homeless church for several years, and now my wife Nancy and I went up to Guerneville. And um, I got a brief story about provision. We went there about three months ago on our first Sunday, and the people were looking at us, knowing we came from the homeless church, like, what are we going to do? And... Um, I mean, really, that's, that's the look we had. We, a, a small church, our whole church and parsonage and a lot would fit in this building. And, um, and, and God spoke to me to share from Acts chapter 10, verse 4, with the household of Cornelius being saved. And the angel came to Cornelius because his alms to the poor and his prayers had made him known to God. I preached this. And I said, you know what? We are called to reach the poor. And I said, you don't believe we can do it maybe at this point, but God's going to provide. And I began to share on this. I said, God's called us to feed the poor. And I'm saying this with a brokenness because of what God's been doing. And after the church service finished, everybody was standing around like a good message from the pastor. We opened up the doors, leaving the church, double doors in the back. And just as we finished the service, a truck pulled up, came to the front door of the church and said, we have truckloads of food for the poor. Do you want to distribute it? And they said, this is the first truckload. Four more are coming by tomorrow morning. We had our kitchen filled. We had manna from heaven falling. I'm talking 200 pounds of swordfish fillets, uh, 150, 200 pounds of spinach. And the, then the people said, my wife said, well, now we have the food. Now we have to take it out. So by that afternoon, we were doing outreach to the poor. And we have people living in trailer parks there. We've been missionaries in Africa. We've got people living in trailer parks that are living in poorer conditions than they did in Africa. And God has given us the ability to do that. And we are now having four outreaches on Sunday. Well, three on Sunday, one on Saturday, besides our church service. And I just say this not to lift ourselves up, but to say pray for us. There is a serious need. And if your church wants to see an angelic visitation, have a heart for the poor. Thank you. Thank you. Did you want to say anything? 
Along with that, um, the uh, unfortunately, what comes with a, a lot of the poverty is the um, addictions, the addictions, the drugs, and um, we've got it big time in Sonoma County. And um, we're we're praying not only for healing, but I'm just praying for that instantaneous healing from drugs. We need to have that breaker anointing. And if we can just um, also focus on that, that God, there is just so much of a need out there. I'm everywhere. It's, not, it, it, it's in the good neighborhoods as well, but we're seeing so much of it, so, it's m- so much of the destruction due to the, um, the drug addiction and the alcoholism. Thank you, Jesus, that you are greater still. You are greater still. So I'm going to do her and then you. Um, I, I just want to say this. I, I mean, I know with all of us, what, that was a great word about, about, about the poor, about not forgetting the poor. And I know even, you know, we're in Pleasanton where, honestly, there isn't a lot of poor that show up, at least. I mean, you don't see them because the city tries to make sure that that doesn't happen. But I'm telling you, of course, they're around and they're there. And, what, and one of the words that God spoke to me, the same thing was, is do not forget the poor. Like if you want the Lord's blessing, you know, the, the full blessing, don't forget the poor. Hi, I'm Janice, and I'm one of the Delta Healing Rooms team. But my husband and I are also lay ministers. We head up the prayer ministry for um, a mainline evangelical church in Brentwood, and we've been there over 17 years. And we're, we're not infiltrators like, uh, was it Bill that said that? We're actually like the sleepers, you know? <laughs> that God woke up, and um, he's been doing some really incredible things, and I have to share a word of encouragement with you guys. Um, for over, well, for many years, there have been, God's been raising up intercessors all over the place, and over the last a little more than a year, he's been um, giving me some discernment about some real areas of, of demonic influence in our church and uh, corporate bondage that we were under, and you know, you even though I walk in and, and share some with the pastor, I get looked at like, yeah, you're <laughs> wacko. <laughs> um, and so I, I had some very specific things that God had showed me, and I've been praying for quite some time. And on a parallel to that, my husband and I have done some short-term missions trips to Brazil, and we really knew God was calling us into deeper level of ministry there. And so I was walking on the canal praying, and I said, God, you have so much work to do here in my church, and I know you're calling us to a deeper level in Brazil. Would you please just break through and bring freedom before you call us to go back to Brazil? And um, God just started pulling together a team. It was kind of cool. And um, in a period of about a month, God just began to really move and and bring freedom, and then a a month ago on Sunday morning, I walked through the door because we knew there was one big guy left, (laughs) and we'd been praying about what was going to have to happen to get rid of him, and um, walked through the door, and the worship team was um, rehearsing the opening song, and God just said to me, he's going down today, and I said, he is, how? And he said, he's going down through the worship, and um, so God gave me some people to just plant some seeds with, and um, God just moved so incredibly in the worship, took down the last one. We have a, a, a clean slate, and God showed me that 
He's torn down that old building that housed all that stuff down to the foundation. The foundation's been consecrated back to him. See, our church was built as a Mormon church <laughs> many years ago. Tore it down to the foundations, and now he's laying the framework. And we're so excited about that. But what's really cool is that right after that Sunday, uh, we got an email, and our missionary contacts in Brazil um, have invited us to come for three months next year. They're going to be on home assignment, and we're literally going to be kind of stepping into their shoes as lay ministers, so we really covet your prayers. This is going to be a huge adventure. It is an evangelical opportunity, but we know God has put us as sleepers in Brentwood, and now he's putting us as sleepers in, uh, as wakers, <laughs> as wakers in uh, Lagoa Santa, Brazil, so... We're going to do you two, and then we'll, we'll cut it off at that point, only, only because we want to move on to these guys. So, James and uh, Santa Rosa. There's a, uh, Santa Rosa, all right. There's a carpenter that works for my brother-in-law, and uh, my father-in-law's here. He's, you know, would run checks over to the job that they're doing and interact with this guy. He's worked there for like 10 years, has had various physical ailments. People have prayed for him. He's gotten healed. People have shared the Lord with him. He's rejected him. Just really stubborn. Um, and my father-in-law just continued to grill him about his issues with God and bitterness and that kind of thing. And um, He ends up with a physical condition that kind of shook him pretty bad, and we got together a group of us to pray for him. Um, and leading up to that, we were praying, my father-in-law and I, my wife and I, and we felt like, you know, God's done playing games with this guy. He needs to get born again. And we felt like we can't pray for him to be healed unless he gets born again because he's like using God like a, you know, like a vending machine. And um, so we get together, and we weren't all on the same page. There was a small group of us that were praying for him. We get together, and so we kind of like basically tiptoed around the issue, and we did all this kind of long, drawn-out thing. And, and one of the people there wasn't for saying, basically, you need to get born again. And so ultimately, we were about to overstep that, and one of us broke in and said, well, we feel like we just need to ask you, um, do you want to get born again? And the gospel was clearly presented to him, and he goes, yeah. <laughs> and so anyways, we led the guy to the Lord, and um, the Lord totally rebuked me um, and just said, you need to repent, because we took, I don't know, like two hours to do what could have been done in ten minutes. I mean, we should have walked in the door and said, do you want to get, here's the gospel, do you want to get born again? And he would have said the same thing. Absolutely. And so, I just felt like the Lord spoke to my heart in that, that we need to repent, that people are more broken and more ripe for the gospel to give their life to Jesus than, than we will even realize because of the fact that here in America, We've learned from the time we're little pride and how to put on a happy face and how to lie when somebody says, how are you doing good? How are you? And so this guy, we need to pray until Christ be formed in this guy because the war over his life is not over. But there is a, a ripeness in people. We just got to be able to get through the facade. Um, I'm just going to throw this in there, Bill, if you remember. I would love for you to share a little bit of, about uh, Bob Jones' word or one of you and kind of how that harvest is beginning. Oh, good. Okay. 
Hi, I just wanted to share, my name, is, my name is Stephanie Watson. I go to church in Oakland, Emeryville, Berkeley, whatever it happens to be that week. Um, I just wanted to share with you just this impartation I've gotten over the last year of how easy it is to love God and how easy it is to be loved by God. I totally had this, um, this transformation in how I thought because I have all the books and all the journals and all the things that tell me exactly how to be a good Christian, and last year I just threw them out. And so I was, I want to share some things about, about kids. So I had my nephews living with me, and within a couple months of this, this transformation and being exposed to this happy gospel, my four-year-old nephew would pray for fevers without being taught or instructed on how to do it. He would lay his hands on our heads, and he would tell the heat to go, and thank you, Jesus, and immediately twice the fever instantly left. Um, without ever being told who or what an angel was, he could see angels and he would tell us where they were and what they were doing and that they would play with him and that Jesus would play with him. Um, just things that you wouldn't expect, like all kinds of prayers that were never prayed were answered because Jesus just loves us that much. Um, within a couple weeks of me identifying with the truth, of, of who I am in Christ. I didn't even ask for a job and it was dropped in my lap. Um, it's a contract job and the, the time keeps being extended and extended and extended. Um, there is a girl that I was praying for. Um, she had uh, just all kinds of legal attacks come against her life and I'm a lawyer. So we were praying together and I just, you know, I just got this word, Jesus just dropped it in me, mercy triumphs over judgment. And I prayed that with her, and we just identified with the truth. I said, you're a child of God. This, these attacks cannot stick to you. And the day before the trial, he dismissed the case with prejudice, which means he can never raise it ever, ever, ever again. And so I just want to encourage you that when, when God closes a door, no man can open it. And when he opens a door, no man can close it. So I just wanted to release that so that we can identify with the truth and we can claim the inheritance that is ours because Jesus paid for it. Hey, that's a good word right there. That's, that's the gospel truth, actually. Um, we are, I, I, again, you can, every time we do this, you can start to feel the whole room change. You know, the encouragement starts coming in. It's what happens when we share testimonies is... Uh, we're all reminded of the truth. We go, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah, oh, yeah. It's the way it's supposed to be. This is the kingdom of God. So, uh, again, I'm just, uh, and I know we're going to get hugely more encouraged right now. Each time we have this advance, we, I try uh, most times to have some kind of um, speaker come who's going to be just charging you up. Um, but somebody with substance. I know we don't need just people throwing words at you. You need someone who's living it and doing something and, and that's what these three are. Um, uh, I will say this. The next advance is uh, not, the date is not selected yet. Usually it's somewhere in March. Um, and I am trying to get back, and, and I, I think it will work, but I don't know yet. But I'm trying to get back Graham Cook, who was here last spring as well. And um, so just giving you a little heads up warning. Um, if you got the email from me, that means you'll get another one. If you didn't, that's because you're, a guest of somebody here, if you're on staff. What we're going to try to do is that's just getting larger and larger, is we're really going to try to keep it to the sending the emails to the leaders, to the 
pastors, ministry leaders, and letting them select a few people that they want to bring. It just works better that way. So um, anyway, that's how we're doing this. And um, who am I introducing? Phil? Carol? Who am I introducing? Anyway, okay, I'm, I don't know. They're all looking at each other. So here's Holy Spirit through Bill, Carol, or Gary. <laughs> For those of you who aren't aware, Bill and I lived up in Vacaville for seven and a half years, and then a little over two years ago, we moved back down to San Diego, which had been our home for 21 years, and where we still have families, but I just got to tell you how good it is to be back up here. <coughs> um, we miss the people, we miss, you know, we just, there's a lot we miss, and it's good to be back with you, and it's so exciting to hear what's happening. And God is just moving powerfully. You know, and Gary and Bill and I were talking at breakfast this morning about um, just kind of what we see and what's going on and all. And we, we recognize that we have a very high standard that we're looking through, you know, evaluating what's happening. And so we'll go into a meeting, and if there's not five people that get out of wheelchairs and three people with um, metal in their body that it disappears and, you know, ten people with tumors that fall off, it's like, man, what happened? Where's God? And yet we're also being introduced into places where this is brand new. And so, you know, a little finger gets healed, and everybody's going, wow, God's here. And so we're just realizing that there's a standard, and I know that you all live in this place. There's a standard because of what we've seen through so many years of God moving, and that we can, we can get discouraged in our own places if we think, well, there's nothing more happening, and yet it's so huge what is happening, and then to realize there's others being brought in for whom this is brand new, and anything that happens just rocks them off their, you know, off their heels. So I just, I just wanted to let you know how encouraged I am by what I'm hearing up here and just love it, what God's doing and love you guys and miss you and it's good to be with you. I think the three of us are probably each individually going to speak from, well, it's the only thing you can do, right? From our own perspectives, our own passions, where our heart goes out the most. And so for me, that's in the area of sozo ministry and I'm making an assumption that everybody knows what that is. If, if you don't, Raise your hand, and I'll give a, the briefest of explanations, but I'm assuming everybody probably knows. Okay, good. No, oh, no. Okay, sozo ministry in just a word. Sozo is the Greek word for salvation. It means not just when I die, I go to heaven, but it's heaven here on earth, that, it's, I, that I start living the fullness of what Christ died for me to have. It's salvation. It's freedom. It's healing spirit, soul, and body. It's peace. It's wholeness. You know, it's, it's the whole package. And so Sozo Ministry is helping people get breakthrough in the areas of their lives where they've been stuck and they've not been able to take hold of and appropriate all that Jesus has for them and be all who he's created them to be. So ever so briefly, that's what Sozo Ministry is about. It's, um, yeah, it's that. And so for me, what I'm seeing that is very exciting is how this ministry is really exploding all around the world. And personally, we've had the opportunity to do social schools down in Brazil. Um, we were down in Colombia recently, 
and they're asking us to come, and honestly, we're just not even knowing what to do. The first thing they said was, we want you to come and minister to, like, the 70 pastors and their wives that we can get together. And the two of us, and this is not even Bill's first passion, so <laughs> I'm thinking seven, you know, 140 people, and you're talking two or three days, and we're going to minister to them? And we said, you know, maybe it'd be better to do um, a school, and they're all excited about that. Come and do a school and come and bring some people with you and come and minister. And so we're just asking the Lord for how does that even happen? There's all kinds of logistics involved in that. There's translation involved in that. There's, you know, there's a facility involved in that. And as these leaders were saying to us, we want all 70 of the leaders in our area to come. Well, they're not necessarily all on board. They're not all believing that they would even have a need for Sozo at a personal level. So, you know, there's a lot of logistics to be dealt with there, but there's a hunger. There's a huge hunger. We just recently went to Hong Kong and then back to Japan. We've been to Japan. This was our fourth trip back. The first, the second time we went there, I guess I did a Sozo school, and the young woman who really has the heart and the passion for that, her name is Aya, she just took hold of it, and she has been teaching Sozo over there now. Uh, people started coming from all over Japan. They started hearing what was happening. They started coming, sending their people. People were getting set free. This time when we were there, she was telling us that they're having them come from around the world. And um, she told us about someone who came from Brazil to receive Sozo ministry in Japan. Now, they do have a very large Japanese population in Japan, and we're thinking maybe that's the connection. We never did quite get all the details on that, but yes. Whatever I said, forget it. It's a big Japanese population in Brazil. That, I, that's what I was thinking. I don't know what came out my mouth. <clears throat> and then we, we did a Sozo school in Hong Kong, and Bill Irwin was there with us, thank God. And, and there were about 400, I don't know, 400 to 450 eager, eager, eager Chinese showing up for all these meetings. It's being translated, which you know, cuts your time in half to do whatever it is you normally do. And the time was already re reduced from what I normally spend doing Sozo. So I'm just talking rapid fires, you know, and whittling down to bare bones and wondering, is anybody even getting anything? Because normally I have an opportunity to be so much more expansive in the teaching. Well, after we left, we got a, an email from the young woman who she and her husband pastored the church there. Um, actually, probably a lot of you know this, these people. Hey, good to see you. Sorry, just a personal moment there. Um, <laughs> uh, Dennis Balcom's daughter. So probably a lot of you know them. They're from Shiloh Church. They, Dennis and Kathy Balcom and Sharon and Samuel Lau and Kiteleys are the ones that started the Shiloh Church. Anyway, so Dennis Balcom is personally responsible in China for, well, not like one-on-one, -on -one, but through his ministry, over 60 million Chinese being saved. So if you haven't heard of them, you, you probably need to. Anyway, Sharon and her husband have now taken over the church that Dennis and Kathy started, and Sharon has a huge passion to see the Sozo ministry developed there. Well, she emailed me after we left, and she said this young mom had an opportunity to minister to her 10-year-old daughter 
some sozo ministry, and she said it was a fantastic breakthrough. And I thought, thank you, Jesus. Even though I didn't get to say what I wanted to say, and who knows what gets lost in translation, tools were left, deposit was made, and people are getting set free. Yeah, it's very exciting. You know, this ministry is so important to me, and I've come to realize that a lot of times people think of sozo ministry just in terms of those needy, whiny, broken people who aren't really functioning very well in life, and let's get them fixed so that they're not such an annoyance to me. Well, yeah, I mean, that's good too, but <laughs> honestly, I really believe sozo ministry is so much bigger than that. It's about breaking through into our destinies, and it's for every single one of us. And for any of us who aren't pursuing all that God has, get on board. And if that's going to involve getting some personal ministry, then get it. I, I had a dream of, um, you know, a lie-down-sleep dream back in 91, and it was one of those vivid, you-know-it's-God prophetic kind of thing. And at that point, I had only been baptized in the Spirit for about three years. I was still in a mainline church um, that didn't believe in any of this kind of stuff and really didn't have much exposure to things. So the dream that I had, even though I knew it had to do something with the end times, didn't make a whole lot of sense to me. And so the dream, ever so briefly, I was in the back room off the sanctuary, <coughs> and it was a very sparsely furnished room. There was a rectangular table in it, brown, and, and I'm standing on this table, and there's a few people from the church in the room. And I'm seized with this sense of urgency, and I'm saying, he's coming back, he's coming back, he's coming, he's coming, and we've got to go get them. There's a, do a door out to the alleyway in this room, and people just start leaving the, the room and going out into the alleyway, and pretty soon people start coming back in. And the people that are coming in are, in my little world, the scary-looking people. They're the people with the blue mohawks up to here, and they've got piercing and tattoos on every available inch of body, and they're in chains and leathers, and... They're drug dealers, and they're, you know, I mean, they're, they're the scary-looking people, and they come in. And, and what I realize now is that they just were visibly manifesting the brokenness that is in every human being. For some, the brokenness is greater, but there's brokenness in every human being. And they're just visibly manifesting that. Well, they would, they would come through the door, and those of us in the room would then, without saying a word, lay a hand on them. And the power of God would hit them, and they would go down under the power of God. And when they got up, they were transformed from the inside out. Whoever it was, the woman that said this morning, you know, that we've got to get to the place where it's quicker. It's coming. I know it's coming. I know it's coming. And I know it's God's grace that we don't have that yet. Because what I believe it is, it's going to be such an infilling of his presence that it's like Peter's shadow, you know, just... He walks by and people are healed, or it's, it's Jesus just speaking the word, and because the devil had nothing on him and he was full of the presence of God, people were just healed. They were sozoed when he ministered. It wasn't just a physical healing. It wasn't just a, a deliverance healing. It wasn't just a, an inner healing. It was the whole ball of wax that people got because it was the presence of God that encountered people. Well, I believe that if we were allowed to have that be put into us prior to some level of getting rid of a lot of this junk that's in us, we'd just be crispy critters, you know, we'd just fry. And so I, what I really see, and I believe with all my heart is happening right now, is that we are in a, a period of preparation time, and it's, it's coming to an end.
And that's, that's that sense of urgency that I felt in the dream. It's coming to an end, but we're in a time of preparation where we're, we're being given the opportunity to get so free that there's nothing in us to hinder that fullness of the presence of God that's going to flow out of us and bring transformation into broken lives. And it's a matter of destiny because I believe that as followers of Jesus, this is the invitation to us. This is the opportunity presented to us. And we need to prepare ourselves. We really need to take advantage of this time of preparation that we have. I, I do believe that the physical healing is going to be one of the major ways that revival is going to, to break out, that people are going to be encountered by God in a way that they, they have a felt need. And they realize God knows my need and he cares about me and he's here to do something about it. And they're going to give their lives to him because they've been encountered by him in that way. And they're going to come in with so much stuff. We're not going to have time for two or three hours sozos. It's going to have to be the lay the hand on and the presence of God so touches that person that they are transformed. So I just want to encourage you. I see God doing this. I see it coming and get on the bandwagon.